This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Talk on the Monday after you know what. I don't think I have to say anything else. 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. Want to hear what you have to say about what went down in the Valley on Saturday and why it went down and what it means. What does it all mean after South Carolina Breaks the losing streak to Clemson. Ends the Tigers' home-winning streak. Knocks them out of playoff consideration. Now, Marcus Satterfield's leaving, going to Nebraska. What does that mean for South Carolina? Where do they go? Who do they turn to to be the next offensive coordinator? Do they continue pro-style, or do they go a different direction with their offense in the future? Clemson's getting ready for North Carolina. DJ Uyanglele is the starting quarterback and is not the problem, according to the Clemson coaches, Dabo Sweeney, Brandon Streeter. As Dabo Sweeney said last night, Uyangalele can't tackle. He can't make catches. He doesn't play safety. He doesn't return kicks. Doesn't complete a lot of passes sometimes either, but he didn't mention that. Um, and also, he doesn't call the plays Ow. where if you're Clemson, maybe you should have continued running the football. That might have been a smart Hello. idea. That's a good idea. But anyway, uh, we want to just hear from you uh, and Zach Willis at 730, 888-898-2525. I'll just say it was a glorious day up at Clemson, beautiful day. And first time, of course, the rivalry at Clemson since 2018. Electric atmosphere. You could sense it. You could feel it. You could taste it. It what makes that game the best rivalry in college football. And I hope they never do anything in college football, but I mean, as stupid as the people are that run the game and run college athletics, I'm sure that eventually they'll move rivalry games to the first week of the season to make way for a 68-game playoff, you know, that'll eat up November and December. Uh, a 68-team playoff. Um, but seriously, I, they're going to have to do they'll, – they'll do something like that. But, uh, you know – you just can't tell me, you know, you can have your wins over Tennessee and and occasionally a Georgia, and you can have your wins over Florida State and North Carolina and, and all that. You, you cannot tell me that this game doesn't mean more. And you can win national championships and league championships. Cannot tell me this game doesn't mean more personally to everybody involved than anything else. Um, Shane Beamer looked like he had um, – Won the lottery and found, uh, you know, life hereafter. And and Dabo Sweeney looked like he'd been hit by a truck and, you know, lost everything. I mean, that's that's just what this game – that's why you don't play rivalry games at the first of the season. Can you imagine trying to get over a loss like this to open the season and try and get ready for your next game? It wouldn't be as important. 
Yes, that's I mean, true. It really, yeah, yeah. It, it really wouldn't. And and Phil, now, I, from what and, – and first off, props to South Carolina and Shane Beamer. They, they have made me a believer. I, I mentioned last week it was time for them to step up and, and show us, and they showed us on Saturday. They, this was a team that was down 14 nothing on the road and trailed at halftime against a team that had won, what, 68 straight games when they led at halftime. Mm-hmm. And, and South Carolina, to its credit, never got rattled and looked like a better team, especially in the second half. And props to South Carolina and the Gamecocks. They actually made the rivalry. They breathed life into a rivalry that had not, had not really had a whole lot over the last several, several seasons. And you're right. Playing this game at the end of the season means so much more than playing it at the first game of the year. I mean, could you, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's assume for a moment this was the first game of the season and South Carolina had to turn around and host Georgia next week. I mean, <laughs> how, do, how do you begin to even get up to face a team like Georgia in week two after you just put everything into beating your rivals and knocking off their 40 straight home game winning streak? Your 68-game win streak when you led at halftime. Your seven-straight series win. And and from a Gamecock perspective, there's not a better set of circumstances with with the exception of what they were able to accomplish at the uh, College World Series and knocking the uh, Tigers out to go on to win the national championship. I mean, look at what's happened for South Carolina athletics over the last three weeks. They swept basketball. They win college football in terms of the uh, rivalry with, with the uh, Tigers and what they were able to accomplish in, in beating Clemson and Tennessee the last two weeks. I mean, Shane Beamer has turned me into a believer. And, and you're going to tell me that going into whatever bowl game they face in, in three, four weeks, you're not feeling pretty good about where they stand. You're going to give that, that coaching staff, even without, and my assumption is that we will not see um, Marcus Satterfield coach the uh, bowl game. But that being said, you're going to tell me that, that that coaching staff in three, four weeks is not going to be prepared for whoever they have to face? And if it's a Notre Dame matchup, which I think will be phenomenal, mm-hmm. South Carolina-Notre Dame and, and per, perhaps the uh, Gator Bowl, that would be a great way for South Carolina to end the season. Take out Tennessee, take out Clemson, and they pick Notre Dame in the bowl game? How much momentum do you take into 2023 if you're able to pull that off? Huge. That's huge. I mean, the Gamecocks have already, for the first time in their history, defeated top 10 teams back-to-back. Never happened before for them. So they're already riding high about that. Now, as far as what's happening with Marcus Satterfield in that situation, yes, I mean, he's gone. He's already confirmed it to Chris Lowe that he's taking the position at Nebraska to be um, reunited there with uh, with Matt Rule, his longtime buddy, his longtime uh, mentor, I guess he's, he must really look up to Matt Rule, and so because where Matt Rule has been, so has Marcus Satterfield, uh, Temple, Baylor, Panthers, and now Nebraska. And uh, you know, I'm sure there are people who appreciate the way the Gamecocks played the last couple of weeks, but there are people who are happy a change is coming. The good thing is for Shane Beamer, if he were in his own mind thinking about having to make some kind of a decision there, he doesn't have to make the decision anymore. It's been made for yep. him. So that's been yep. taken off his plate. Now, maybe he uh, wanted to keep Satterfield. Maybe Satterfield realized, hey, you know what? I can leave here head high with what we did these last two games, and I can start fresh somewhere else with a guy that really knows me and understands me. Not that Beamer didn't, but he gets a fresh start at Nebraska. Now, what does Beamer do? Well, 
Yeah, you, know, you know, just 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 spitballing it today, as I like to do. I mean, you got Freddie Kitchens right there in the uh, in the office, right? He was a senior mm-hmm. offensive analyst. I think he knows a thing or two about uh, running an offense and coaching quarterbacks. That could be. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. That could be an option. Of course, there's a lot of people who are pushing the name of um, the offensive coordinator at uh, TCU, Garrett Riley, brother of Lincoln Riley. Uh, And then there is the offensive coordinator at Arkansas who, um, you know, he's he's done a a terrific job everywhere he's been uh, talking about Bryles and he may be up for a head coaching job somewhere in this cycle of of coaching moves. and then you've got uh, a, you know a whole wide open field of, of possibilities. You can um, again, you can look within, or you can try and find somebody young outside. Or you can try and find a gray head, somebody older, somebody experienced, maybe a former head coach who's um, not going to be a head coach again, looking to get back into the game as an as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities out there. Oh, Justin Fuente is another name. Mm-hmm. That was posed to me, the former Virginia Tech coach, who, of course, was considered an offensive uh, genius when he did what he did at Memphis, but couldn't make it happen really big at Virginia Tech. But there's obviously the Virginia Tech connection between Beamer and Fuente. So just throwing some names out there, some possibilities. There'll be a lot of names reported on and published and talked about. We'll just have to wait and see which direction Beamer decides to go. And how much do you ask Spencer Rattler? what he wants in an offensive coordinator and do you consider his opinion if he's not going to be around next season yeah no you don't <laughs> i mean uh, exactly. if he's not going to be around he's not going to be around is he going to and be i don't around? think he's I going mean, to be no that... i i this to me kind of would seal the deal for rattler why would he want to start over again with a new unless it's kitchens unless he promotes mm-hmm. from within where you have that transition and you're doing the same stuff. Why would he want to have to start over and learn a new offense, a new coach, and new terminology? He can do that in the NFL, assuming he hears good things. And I got to believe, I mean, if you're an NFL scout and NFL general manager, you're going to put on the tape of those last two games and say, this guy has got an NFL arm. He says, I don't know why they struggled through three-quarters of the season, but something – the, the, the switch flipped with those receivers and that quarterback over the last 120 minutes of Gamecock football. The throw he made to Josh Van on the uh, Carolina sideline, I guess it was late in the first quarter when they were driving down the field, I guess in their first uh, touchdown drive, was as good a throw as the one he made against Tennessee in their first touchdown against the Volunteers. I mean, it, it was in the traffic, and it, was, it got there in time to beat the defender over there. I mean, he's got a laser arm when he has just enough time to throw. Spencer Rattler is as good a college quarterback. And and you watch that game and, and really feel, I think, the difference in, in South Carolina winning this year and not even scoring a point against the Tigers last year was at the quarterback position. I yes. mean, they, they have a quarterback now yep. that they did not have last year. Yeah, South Carolina had the better quarterback now, there's no doubt. that day. And um, and Clemson had the better running back in the better running mm-hmm. game. But and, and I thought they would. They yeah, yeah. I mean, the game kind of played out statistically. South Carolina was big in the passing game. Clemson mm-hmm. was big in the running game. Gamecocks forced turnovers. Gamecocks won in special teams. They won in field position. Boy, I tell you what, Kai Kroger. 
What can you say about that guy? He's a first-round punter, isn't he? Huh. I mean, <laughs> there's no way to argue that. And way. their coverage, and they were in Clemson's head. I mean, they do this to teams now mm-hmm. with their special no teams. Doubt. If anybody on that staff deserves a huge raise and a mega contract, it's Pete Limbo. Indeed. I mean, you want to keep him at all costs. All right, your phone calls are coming up after the break. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax, win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. We come to you from the Dave and Buster Studios in Columbia. Eat, drink, play, and catch all the sporting events. The World Cup, NBA, and football right now. Catch it all season long at Dave and Buster's Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. We were in Greenville on uh, Friday night, and we had a blast. What a great place. What a great crew over there. Robert and the folks there were just tremendous. And you weren't, you weren't with us, but we interviewed – were you with us Friday night? You were Yes, sir. Oh. I was, oh, okay. and I was going to tell you two things. First off, props to you, Nostradamus, because you won't say this on your own. But Phil's prediction, in case you missed it on Friday, was South Carolina 31, Clemson 28. Kai, uh, excuse me, uh, Mitch Jeter would kick a game-winning field goal. I assumed you meant late in the game, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. with about 10 and a half minutes left to go into contest. But nonetheless, But nonetheless – Props to you, my friend. And secondly, speaking of uh, special teams, Clemson tried to out special teams Pete Limbo. What was what were they doing with the muddle huddle on the kick return that set up after the uh, after the safety? They had all the momentum. Why are you trying to out special teams the best special teams in the country? Yeah. Just return the kick. But it did work. Your offense. It did no, it work. Didn't. Well, they it, fumbled it, the fall. Well, they fumbled the ball. He could have fumbled the ball on a straight return. My point is. 
it worked in that it created an opening and he he had running room um he did fumble and that's just ball. that's just poor execution on his part was that the but the fumble wasn't the result of the of the trick play the fumble was the result of just sloppy ball handling just like yeah, on Antonio Williams punt return it was the result of Sloppy ball handling. But what stopped trying to out-special team South Carolina, the one thing the Gamecocks do better than anybody else, and there's no argument there, is special teams. And you're right. If Pete Limbo does not get a uh, contract extension and, and, and raise, the, <laughs> I mean, he's as, as valuable to uh, USC football as Dawn Staley is to Gamecock women's basketball. Agreed. I mean, he's, he's, he's just done a fantastic job. Yeah, there's no question. There's no better assistant coach they have than him. Okay. Uh, phone number 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. And uh, did you know, did you know that since 2002, more than $829 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund lottery tuition assistance for students attending technical colleges in South Carolina? Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. I'll get to your calls in just a second. Pass along a couple of other key items today. Hugh Freeze is going to Auburn. Six-year wow. deal. That's been made official. Nice so to know Hugh that. Hugh Freeze and uh, Bruce Pearl Auburn. as your two lead coaches. Auburn. Good grief, Auburn. No, I mean, I congratulate <laughs> Auburn for giving people second and third chances yeah let's let's bring the the you know. biggest biggest you know sleaze balls in all of uh, college athletics let's bring them all to auburn yeah well that's that's where they're <laughs> gathering right there on the plains our poll question of the week what was the biggest factor in the gamecocks win over clemson your choices offensive play calling forcing turnovers winning field position it was just their time We've had 328 votes, 42.1% winning the field position, 24.7% forcing turnovers, 18% say it was just their time. And I think there's something to that. I'd agree. I think South Carolina might have played with a little bit more of an edge because they just wanted it because they hadn't had it in so long. And uh, 15.2% offensive play calling the reason. All right, let's get to your phone calls as promised. We'll step aside and hear what you folks have to say. Um, we'll have um, Zach Willis, 7.30, to give us a more coaching viewpoint of what uh, transpired on Saturday. We go to Billy in Charleston. First up tonight here on Sports Talk. Billy, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing real good, Phil. How are you doing? Hey, we're doing great. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to know if we need to call you Mr. Phil, Mr. Prophet Phil, or what would you like to be called? Because if I remember correctly, that's Later on in the summer, you predicted Carolina to go eight and four, and people are kind of mm-hmm. ragging you. Then, yeah, I think I, you know, it's not easy. I told somebody on my way in, it's not easy being right all the time. But sure you know, a, right. a lesser man couldn't handle it. But uh, you know, I feel like I feel like I've got it under control. Don't forget, um, you got that part right. And uh, yeah, the Mitch. I think I'm most proud of suggesting that Mitch Jeter would kick the field goal to win the game. I think I'm most proud of that. Now, that now in all, all honesty, Phil, so out the games that you said 8-4, and four, did you think those would be one and two that Carolina would win out, or do you think that was just uh, – uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, as I was going over the season and looking at it, I mean, they, they set themselves back by losing to Missouri, 
Okay. Correct. And that put them behind the eight ball there as, as far as trying to get to eight wins. Um, you know, who thought Tennessee was going to be as dynamic as they became? And that game looked out of reach, and they turned around and beat them. Clemson, I thought, by the time by the time this game rolled around, I'll be honest with you, I spoke to the Sumter Touchdown Club the Friday before the USC-Florida game, and they always ask, you know, it's the last meeting of the year for them. I always give the prediction on the USC-Clemson game or, or my prophecy. Right. I don't do predictions. I deliver <laughs> prophecies. And... um Anyway, the uh, my prediction, my my prophecy was, um, I think I said twenty seven twenty four South Carolina. You know, most people in the room just laughed at me. I could hear them gasp mm-hmm. when I said that. I said, "Okay, that's as of today. Let's see what happens." Then after they went and played so poorly at Florida, I thought to myself, "You're going to look really stupid in a couple of weeks because they're going to get <laughs> rolled by Tennessee and creamed by Clemson, just based on how they played against Florida." So like what everybody else saw. <laughs> just goes to show you, you just you just don't know week to week what you're going to get. I got two more things to on uh, with the Spencer Rattler situation. I'm thinking there might be a possibility he might want to come back just to prove to people after what happened to Oklahoma and him being um, knocked out the starting position, and then for him to transfer to Carolina. And after the rough start that he got off of, I'm just wondering how much his ego is going to make him think that, well, maybe he can do something more and win a high some trophy at South Carolina and do something no other quarterback done as far as transferring to another school like South Carolina. Do you think that could be a possibility? I mean, look, you know, everything's a possibility, but you just look at common sense here. He's getting older. The coordinator, the quarterback coach is leaving. Um, yeah, and he's, uh, he's, the money situation. If he stays, you know, if he stays with them through the bowl game, which now that he should stay with them through the bowl game and have a, if he has a great performance against, say, a Florida State or a Notre Dame in the bowl game on top of the other two, you know, the NFL guys, they, they don't care about the rest of the season. They want to see what you did that week or the last couple of weeks. They see a red hot quarterback and then he'll, he'll have his private workouts and his private throwing sessions. You know, he'll light it up. So, yeah, I, I think. I think you're going to see the end of the Spencer Rattler era at South Carolina here after the bowl game, assuming he plays in the bowl game. And i tell you one more thing. South Carolina does play Notre Dame, and they would end up beating Notre Dame. How much of a slap in the face would that be to Clemson and Clemson fans in the hole after what, they, what we've been through with them the last seven years for not us only doing that but beating Notre Dame, a team that pretty much squashed them? I mean, that would be something – I think it would probably be unheard of, especially coming from a team that was unranked prior to those two games. Yeah, I'd just be another huge feather in the old Gamecock cap if they're able to beat whoever they play in in the bowl game. But let me just say this, and thank you for the phone call, Billy and and Chris. You know, if you're South Carolina, um, you're feeling great right now. Of course, you're feeling great. You've you've gone way beyond uh, what was expected. You beat Clemson for the first time in forever. And yep. things are looking great. Uh, you have a chance to win nine games uh, to match what Will Muschamp did in his second year. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that would all be great. But, you know, I'm not trying to take any of the steam out of your out of your, your boiling pot of hot water here. Um, but it can – who's going to be the quarterback next year, you know? Um, who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Um you're going to lose some key players. You're going to lose both your corners, probably. Um, you're going to lose some of that defensive front. Uh, you couldn't lose the bulk of that offensive line. Now, you know, you live in the portal. 
You got a chance to replace yeah. a lot of these guys in a hurry, but there's no guarantees. So, I mean, does this mean, and this goes back to what I was trying to touch on at the beginning, does this mean South Carolina has arrived? Can they sit back and stick their chest out and say, hey, we're here, we're not going anywhere, or is this, you know, have they peaked? That's what happened in their Muschamp. They peaked. Um, the next year, of course, they it started to slide on them, and then, the, and then it got away from them, and next thing you know, you're looking for a new coach. So, I'm saying enjoy it right now while you can, but uh, they can't stop working. You know, they got to keep doing what they've been doing behind the scenes. You got to take what you've done and build on it now. Shane Beamer said uh, something a couple of weeks ago that I was I was interested to see how this would play out. He talked about this is not the old Carolina, and they've proven that the last two weeks. Don't you believe if this were a Will Muschamp team was down 14 nothing in Clemson, they would have lost 45 zip. This team certainly had a lot of fight in it for sure. Okay, Auburn's got their coach, and Georgia Tech, according to Ken Segura of the AJC, is closing in on Willie Fritz from Tulane. Deal is not in place, but all his signs are pointing towards Willie Fritz as the next coach at Tulane. National and Coach of the Year, in my opinion. Think so? Uh, yeah. The job he's done at Tulane this year, I mean, what, they're going to win 10 games, I think. I mean, he's done a terrific job with them. I think Beamer will get some votes. Yeah, I no think, uh, And he should get some votes for SEC Coach of the Year, probably mm-hmm. right behind Kirby Smart. I think, uh, can you give it to Kirby again? Well, considering what they lost yeah. to the NFL and, and to go back and go undefeated, I don't know how you can overlook what he what he did at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. And I would say um, the dude at Florida State will get a lot of votes as well. He did a fantastic job this year. Yeah. He's kind of turned that dumpster fire into something <laughs> that looks kind of special again. I'm going to tell you, Clemson probably it's a good thing you guys caught them early because I'm not sure Clemson wants to play them right now. They are. I'm not sure anybody wants to play them right now. They're really good. Well, the Gamecocks might catch them in a bowl game. And, uh, and that's probably not a good thing. <laughs> uh, Clemson has gotten another commitment. Uh, Nolan Hauser, place kicker out of North Carolina, who was a legacy, well, not a, a legacy per se on the football team, but both his parents went there. His sister is a soccer player. He's in the 24 class, and he has committed to uh, Clemson. The Tigers just offered him um, not too many weeks ago. And ACC announced today Clemson offensive tackle Jordan McFadden is the Jacobs blocking trophy winner in the ACC this year. Kid out of Dorman. Good to see that for uh, for the state. And let's see. Um, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher fired his offensive coordinator, Daryl Dickey. So he's available if you want to uh, go that direction. Uh, Clemson linebacker Jeremiah Trotter is the ACC linebacker of the week. USC punter Kai Kroger is the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. Cornerback Marcellus Dial is the SEC's Co-Defense Player of the Week. You talk about somebody who went from zero to 100. I mean, he was an afterthought, an overlooked player, and he made himself into a really good cornerback by the time this season uh, got older, and he became a really good player for the Gamecocks in that secondary a if couple- Darius Rush catches that pass early in the game from Uyongale and takes it back for a score, is he the defensive player of the week, not Marcel's dial? It could have been, but he didn't. 
That's the problem. No, you're right. Exactly. Uh, Rick Stock still got a one-year contract extension at Middle Tennessee through 2029. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he probably thought, I'll Good be here him. three or four years <laughs> and I'm moving up. He's been there forever. Uh, latest college football championship odds from Bet Online: Georgia's five to eight, Michigan's three to one, Southern Cal's eleven to one, TCU is twelve to one, Ohio State's fourteen to one, Alabama is twenty-eight to one. Heisman odds: Caleb Williams is one to thirty, C.J. Stroud is twenty-five to one, and Max Duggan is twenty-five to one. One more thing: ACC, SEC, ESPN. I don't know which one is more powerful. Probably ESPN. Yeah, no question. Announced the formation of the ACC-SEC Challenge for men's and women's basketball beginning next season. And this brings to a close, hearts are heavy, it brings to a close the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It also brings to a close the uh, SEC and the Big 12 Challenge. So we say goodbye to those glorious events and hello to another glorious event basketball event probably a good thing from the sec's perspective not to have to deal with the big 12 anymore yes best league in the country yes and it would get better if gonzaga comes into the league yes okay let's get back to phone calls triple eight eight nine eight two five two five we'll have a full recruiting report coming up for you here a little bit later on as we go to hank in columbia hank welcome into sports talk how are you I'm doing fine, Corn. Like the best league. You saw what Alabama did in North Carolina yesterday <laughs> in basketball. Took them four overtimes. What took them so long? Uh, uh, I didn't say the ACC. Won, I said it, the big. I said the Big Twelve thing. I said the Big Twelve. Uh, uh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, 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 Corn. Uh, yes. On your poll question, I would say you should have had one that said "got it done in all three phases." Because that's what that's what the football team did. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a little homage to your uh, the Williams the Williams fumble. Atkins punched that out, um, and, and a lot of the the commentators there that night. Um, I was actually up at the game, but watching it over the commentators and some of the guys from the SEC network talked about that and talked about real good special teams drill, where once you grab the guy, you swing around, you punch it. Atkins punched it out where Emma Warren fell on. Yeah, Atkins had an unbelievable game. The catch he made early to spark them to their first touchdown, you couldn't see that coming from him. He was a huge factor all day. You mentioned the play on the special teams there. Yeah, kudos to that guy. He played yeah. a he played a they, great ball game. Yeah, they call that, uh, and the guys on the SC Network said that's you know that's when you can tell you you take really pride in special teams because I said a lot of them would go through that drill. And in their special team, the guy who played for Auburn and the guy who played for Florida said they would go through that drill and they was just kind of, oh, yeah, we got to mm-hmm. do this. He said, but South, South Carolina throughout the year really took special teams seriously, and that, that detail was one of them. Um, the, reason I, the reason I said all three phases, Corn, is, um, you know, when, they, when Shipley got all his rushing yards, he, when he, got, he got them early, but one of the things that changed what Clemson could do on offense was he stopped getting – those big 10 and 9 and 10 yards he got when he rushed for that 100-something yards in the first half, and they were getting them down at 3 and 4 yards, getting them down 3 and 4 yards, which was forcing Clemson to have to throw. Um, there was, you know, the second half, you look at the to- overall yardage in the second half, uh, the defense uh, started to really – when have when you heard Clemson have to punt seven times in the game? Mm-hmm. You just can't remember the guardy stats. You talk about how they never punted against Miami or punted once. Um, so you got to give the defense their credit. 
And um, at the field, as the game went along. Yeah, just to, just to add to what you're saying, Clemson had 86 yards in the second half to USC's yeah. 187. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That, so as the game went along, South Carolina, once their confidence is up, you saw them start to be more physical, um, which didn't look like that way in the first five or six minutes. Um, they, it, it's almost like, you know, they, they, South Carolina kept on getting more physical and more physical, and then that's when you started seeing some of the issues. But uh, just a, a, a great game. Um, secondly, you know, we always talked about um, Clemson and their talent and all that, and you're right for those. They had, the, they had the better running back that night because I, I still didn't look like Lloyd – or Bill was 100%. percent Looked like they were just getting back into it. I think South uh, Carolina was, just used the running game as a decoy just to just to show it. I don't think they had any serious interest in trying to run run the football, except on those no. sweeps, except on those sweeps or when Joyner was in the ball game. I mean, I really don't – Lloyd and – I don't think – did Christian Beal even have a – if he had a, a he had carry, a they didn't have many. But I don't even think they were serious about trying to get anything going with the running game except for those – the sweeps, and when they put Joyner in there, I think their plan was to throw it. They Look, their first um, four or five plays, nothing but throws, and one of those yeah, went to the it. wrong uniform. Um, and they, they came out throwing it, it. Yeah, they kind of did it to keep them honest a little bit. And then at the end now, at the end, Lloyd was getting three or four yards that was helping salt away some time in the fourth quarter. But uh, Well, you know, Rattler started, Rattler started 7 of 17. He was not having a great ball game. 7 of 17, he started – and he finished twenty five of forty, so that means that means he connected on eighteen of his last twenty three. Well, they said one time he was eleven after that rough start. At one time he had eleven straight completions. He had um, um, he was twelve of twenty four. Then he went to twenty two. He had ten straight completions. Yeah, so uh, just to know, be accurate, was, it was it was yeah, and it was a. But it was just an uh, overall. That's why I said they played complimentary football. It was an overall team effort to go down fourteen to nothing and come back like that. Yeah. And um, and we always talk about players. I think Dabble got bit by something he said a couple of years ago. Though, Corn, uh, you could take South Carolina's receivers played way better than Clemson's receivers, and so you could you could, uh, and you got to remember. Dabble's the only one now, not Nick Saban, not Kirby Smart. Not any, he's, he, well, Kirby Smart hadn't, but Nick Saban, um, the guy at Ohio State, all these guys said even though they recruit so well, they would go in the portal to, because other, they knew other people were going to be going in the portal to fix it. And you don't think Dabble couldn't, with Clemson's offense, couldn't have gone in the portal last year and, and got some receivers to, go, to come down and play in that offense? They're, they're, mm-hmm. You know, Juice Wells was was very good. And so I think that's one thing um, he, ha- he has to think about. And then also the fact that he didn't, get, he didn't do it. There were no outside ideas from last year to this year when he changed coordinators. And in the second half, it just didn't seem like they could find a way once they started hitting Youngle to make that offense move. So, you know, salutes to Carolina. Um Good win. All right, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I mean, right now the Clemson people are eating their own. I mean, their message boards are just lighting up their coaching staff, and um, I mean, it's again, it's not a disaster at Clemson. I mean, they they've won ten games. They've got a chance to win twelve games this year if they win the you know, ACC they lost championship. To South Carolina. I know. 
I know and, that's, and that's something that's, 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 that's not just, acceptable. Yeah, but. exactly. And, and, and Hank brought up a great point about South Carolina's receivers. Antoine Wells had more receptions than the entire receiving core of Clemson combined. Well, only one, only twice, only twice did Uyangle in the entire game complete passes back to back. It's incredible. Only twice. We only had nine but, uh, completions. Again, knowing that, it goes back to what I pointed out back on uh, Friday when we're going into the game. Why throw it as much as they did? They threw it twenty nine times. They only ran it thirty seven times, and DJ ran it twelve of those. Mm. Run the football if you're Clemson this weekend. North Carolina's run game, the run defense is about as bad as South Carolina's was going into the well, they're, game. They're past if you it. try and throw it, uh, it you're going to lose that game. Fourth team NC State quarterback, the fourth teamer mm-hmm. passed for 250 yards on him. Right. Uh, was that Friday? Throw the ball too, but I mean, you got to have. Look, uh, Streeter said today he didn't rule out Klubnik playing at some point on Saturday coming. Um, Sweeney was clear to say last night he wasn't blaming Uyangale and he was still the starting quarterback. And, but I you can argue it must DJ be the case when good. we we you, 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 they're playing who they think's the best quarterback, right, Patrick? We <laughs> talked about this with South Carolina and certain players in certain positions. People were saying, "Why is he, this guy not playing?" Well, I mean, coaches are going to play the guy they think's mm-hmm. going to win. That's got to be why Uyangale is still the starting quarterback. Klubnik must not be ready. Do y'all remember a few weeks ago after the Notre Dame game? I, I'm, a, I'm a real nerd for stats, and I brought up in the first quarter, nine of ten passes went five yards or shorter downfield, and five of those were behind the line of scrimmage for DJ. Well, this game was even worse. I don't know if you guys have looked at these in-depth stats or not. 20 yards or further downfield, DJ was one of eight. Ten yards, between 10 and 20 yards, one of six. One to nine yards downfield, three of ten. So past the line of scrimmage, he was combined 5 of 24. That's just under 21% completion rate past the line of scrimmage total. Two drops. Let's take away those two drops, one by Spectre, uh, one by E.J. Williams. So we'll give those to D.J. That makes him 5 of 22. That's now 22.7% completion rate from your starting quarterback. Behind the line of scrimmage, he was 3 of 5. That's not going to get it done. I don't no. care who you are. I, I'm with Chris 100%. I don't know what you could possibly be looking at if you're the coaching staff and think, you know what, guys, let's keep throwing the ball. Mm. Our, our running backs are averaging seven-plus yards a carry. They're basically running at will against this Gamecock defense. Let's just let DJ – let's let him cook, as, as was it Russ Wilson likes to say out in Denver. Let, let's just let him, let him cook. And, by the way, his incompletion to Phil Maffa was a fumble. Yes, I don't it know was. how in the yes, world was. that was not re- 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 when they reviewed it. Well, you mean the backwards not... pass or yes, the parallel exactly. pass? Yeah, yes, that was exactly. that was at the, that's a fumble. At the uh, <laughs> least, it was parallel, which is a is a fumble. So yes. um, I don't know how they reviewed that and not not give uh, did not give that back to South Carolina. All right, to that the uh, phones we continue. A lot of folks are waiting, and oh, here we go. Gamecock Larry in Swansea. Don't know how you weren't first up tonight. Gamecock, Larry, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I am laying here eating Ritz crackers and listening to you guys review the game over and all that. I had a Clemson. I had a Clemson uh, in your voice. You are Tigers. You oh, you I can't call his name, but you guys got a quarterback problem. 
But I'm going to tell you something. I old game cock Larry started I, laughing about one one fifteen Saturday afternoon because I knew it was all over then. But oh yeah, I took all your all you Tiger fans. I took all your ridicule or whatever you want to call it. And all your laughter at me, old game caller, I don't know what he's talking about. But I told you guys, we gonna beat Tennessee, we gonna beat Clemson, and we gonna and boy did we do it. Took both of it to the woodshed. I can't I can't go over the where the game went out, but I know I got six plays down that we should have beat you guys. And we didn't, anyway, we should have beat you guys by at least 18 points. And when I, when I get it all figured out, I'll call <laughs> and tell you what they are. But I'm going to yeah. tell you what, though, that, 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 uh, that lateral, lateral uh, fumble, mm-hmm. he didn't call that. That drop pass, interception we should have had for a touchdown, uh, that Pass on the one yard line when you got Marshawn Lloyd in the backfield. You throw passes and you ought to got it intercepted. That's us. But we didn't let it bother us. Old Gamecock Larry got to laughing, and I tell you what, I'm still laughing. And I got 350 days, if the good Lord's willing, I got 350 days. To talk my trash to you, Gamecocks. That's about all I got to say. Wait, whoa, whoa, 350? What about like the other 15, 14 days in there? Well, there's 352 days in a year and been two days past, so I got 350 more to talk trash. I thought there were 365 days in a year. Oh, Lord, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You got me thinking, too. I think there's 365. Yeah. Am I right, Pat? That's that check. So you got more time to crow about it than you thought. You got two extra weeks. But let me tell you something, Phil. You know what? I was beginning to wonder if I was going to be able to get a chance to crow, because it's been a while. But, boy, we on the way. Dabo and the Tigers are going down, and I'm going to be a Tar Heel Saturday. I don't care whether it's in North Carolina or South Carolina. I'm going to be a Tar Heel. I'm not going to pull for the Tigers. 88 years hadn't pulled for him. Sure ain't going to start now. Go Gamecocks. Love all y'all. Have a good day. Gamecock. He thought there were 350 days in the year. I'm getting older quicker than I thought. (laughs) Even Gamecock Larry gets a two-week vacation every year. By the way, I gave Yongale one pass completion too many he had eight in the game not nine yeah. i think i said nine he had eight in the game and just uh, well said nine receptions on his own yeah all right thank you larry good hearing from you phil real quick and another note there just wanted to point out while we're talking about dj he had the exact amount of passing yards last year and this year as well clemson also scored the exact amount of points last year exactly. and this year 30 points and- last year 30 nothing this year you lose 31 30 but there's blame to go around do you put that on the offensive coordinator maybe not running as much, so it was able to give Carol, South Carolina more opportunities. 
but I don't think so. South Carolina won the time of possession battle last year as well by nearly the, by nearly the same numbers. So then do you look to Wes Goodwin? Do you put blame on the defense for getting carved up by Spencer Rattler? But last year, there was a guy named Zeb Nolan throwing passes for the Gamecocks. No offense to Zeb, but there's a lot difference between a, a guy who was brought in as a – he was a grad assistant, mm-hmm. correct, to start yeah. the year? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Compared to a guy like Spencer Rattler, who many project to be a top-10 NFL draft pick whenever he decides to leave. But just found that interesting. The same amount of passing yards mm-hmm. this year and this year. Uh, similar – let's see, last year he only threw 19 passes, this year 29. But also, Clemson put up the same amount of points. It's just that heralded defense that we thought was supposed to be so great all season and was at times allowed 31 points. Excellent Patrick points. Brought up a terrific yeah. point because in the difference is South Carolina has a quarterback now. They did not yep. last year. Yep. yep. All right, let's continue. On the phone lines here on Sports Talk on this Monday after, we go next to, um, is it Ben in Georgetown? I believe it's still Ben if – Ben hung up. Call us back. If not, this is somebody else. Okay. Well, we'll see if it's Ben in Georgetown. Ben, is this you? Or who is this? Speak. If you're there. Give me one second. Okay. We can go to another call. Is there another line? Yeah, we're going to stick right here in the Midlands and welcome in Andy from right here in Columbia. Welcome to the program, Andy. Andy, welcome in. How are you? Corn, Chris, Pat, how much better can I be? I don't know. I mean, come I mean, Colin, come Mets on. World Series would be about it. Uh, well, the Mets and the Jets, you know, back to backs would be, you know, pretty close considering we spanked Tennessee and Clemson back to back. So that's where I'm looking at. Number one, I got to sh- send out a shout out to my man Oliver. And uh, I'm waiting to hear what Oliver has to say about all this. Yeah. You know. It'll be, be very interesting what the Triple T's got to say about what went on this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what you were saying about the defense, let's not forget that Clemson defense scored nine of their 30 points. Okay, so mm-hmm. don't throw them under the bus so quickly yep. either. Yep. So, you know, how many points did they score last year? I can't remember. Did they score any points or was it all offensively? Uh, I'd have to go back and look last year. But, yeah, I mean, you can't uh... – Put none of those points uh, go on the Gamecock offense that that, that Clemson got like, this past Saturday. I don't know. And all right. of Clemson's points last year were offensive. Okay, right. So you know, you know, there you go. There. So that's a little give and take. Now I'll tell you one thing. You know what you asked on the poll, the field position. What Kroger did. I mean, I don't know what the guidelines are for the Ray Guy Trophy, Ray Guy Award. Mm-hmm. My, th- this man's got to be the number one or number two, especially if you throw in his passing efficiency. What he's done kicking the ball, placing the ball, and also what he's been able to do, gaining touchdowns and first downs for his team. How can this man not be the Ray Guy's recipient? Who else is out there? He's number Another two class. in the country. He's number two in the country in net punting. So yeah, but he's very I worthy. What the other punter does throwing the ball or running the ball or you know doing those types of things when you ask him. Mm-hmm. Now losing Satterfield, what kind of effect will this have on Dante Reno? Corn any at all? I don't know. I've reached out to him, haven't heard back yet. So you know we'll see if we can get some response. One of the big reasons he chose South Carolina was Marcus Satterfield. Satterfield. Exactly. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So you know that can come back and hurt us too. 
So, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, anytime there's a but, coaching departure for whatever reason, it can have some ramifications in your recruiting class. You know, I think he might – a lot depends on um, who replaces him. You know, if yeah, it's somebody who runs a different offense than a pro-style offense, which is what attracted Rattler and what attracted uh, – uh, Reno, you know, you might have a problem there. You know, if you if you promote from within, if it's I don't know, even I'm throwing Kitchen's name out there just out of the blue, he might not be interested in the job. You know, it might not be something he wants. Who knows? I I don't know. It just seems to me that um, Freddie Kitchens is a pretty big name in college football uh, and in the NFL, of course, and has a a pretty you know he has a pretty good resume as a, an offensive coach and of course as a quarterback himself. So. I, I I don't know why you wouldn't why you would bring him in to be an analyst if you would not consider him to be the guy if an opening occurred and he is interested in the job just from a continuity standpoint. And is is Riley's brother that good of an offensive coordinator? How long have we seen him other than this one year TCU? He was pretty good at SMU too. You know, he went from but, SMU to TCU. Yeah. So, so we're looking more to spread from him than what we're looking at, what we're running now. I would say so, yeah. I think you're looking more at the air raid type of offense like they ran at Oklahoma. So we'd have to look at a whole new type of um, players that we'd want to bring in to run that type of offense than what we've been building in the past two years. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think you've got – they brought in receivers who who turned out to be very good. I mean, they they were not so good early. Of course, the whole offense wasn't so good for much of the season. It's going to be one of the great stories of all time in college football around here. And thank you, Andy, for the phone call. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. How does an offense go from what they were to what they ended (laughs) up being in just 120 minutes of football? It, It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Top of the hour break. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Yeah, Clemson ran the ball three times in the fourth quarter. Three times. Insane. For... Minus four yards. Uh, South Carolina rushed it. Oh, wait a second. Hang on. No, for 12 yards. I'm sorry. Three times for 12 yards. South Carolina rushed it uh, 12 times for 26 yards. In the fourth quarter only. Um, One to seven for three yards for DJ, too, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Hard to hard to explain. And, you know, the turnovers uh, hurt Clemson. No question about it. Uh, the the bad uh, field position. That's credit to South Carolina. I mean, look, South Carolina made things happen. They made things happen yes, they did. in the special teams. They forced things in the passing game and made big plays down the field. That 72-yard, probably the big play of the game came after Clemson scored to go back up, I think it was nine, and then two plays later, the Gamecocks hit that uh, 72-yard touchdown pass. Phil, and, I don't think you can discount, though, the fumble on uh, following the uh, safety when 
Clemson tried to get cute. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, you just you're just really upset about that. I, play. I think it was stupid. I, I think it was absolutely stupid. Again, try to out special teams South Carolina. You're not going to do that. And the Gamecocks capitalized and scored, and that got them right back in the ball game. And to Shane Beamer's credit and his team, he kept talking about you know this is a new Carolina. And when they were down fourteen to nothing, it was real easy for them to tuck their head and say you know it's not going to be our our game today. And they never did that. And, and props to them for doing that. And and they impressed the heck out of me with the way they responded and hung in there and won that football game with with everything going against them. And they were the better football team from the, when Clemson went up 14-0. South Carolina was the better team from that point on. Chris, let's also not forget the Antonio Williams fumble on the punt mm-hmm. return right there yep. towards the end of the game when Clemson would have had an opportunity to go down and potentially kick a game-winning field goal. And now taking these stats... Phil mentioning the fourth quarter got me curious. Time of possession in the fourth quarter, 11.56 for South Carolina, 3.04 for Clemson. About that? Yeah, domination. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the phones, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. And I want to remind you that uh, if you're a Clemson fan, you want to get away from Gamecock fans, or if you're a Gamecock fan and you want to go someplace, relax, and celebrate, Head on down to the beach, head on down to the coast, and head on down to Pauley's Island in Litchfield and call Jimmy Smith. Well, maybe if you're a Clemson fan, not a good time to call Jimmy. He's reveling in his Gamecocks right now. But give him another week or so to get over it. <laughs> if you're a Clemson fan, if you're a Gamecock fan, he might cut you a huge break right now. He's in such a good mood after his team won the rivalry game. 843-237-4246. 843-237-4246 for your perfect beach getaway. And they've got beautiful properties to rent and properties that you can buy. If you're interested in doing that, he'll show it all to you. Again, that's uh, pauliesvacationrentals.com, James Smith Realty, 843-237-4246. Okay, now back to your phone calls. Here on Sports Talk, we head to uh, Billy and Greer. Is that first up? No, no, I'm sorry. Ben in Georgetown? Oh, we got Ben in Georgetown back with us. Ben, welcome in. How are you? Hey, Phil. Ben, where have you been, Ben? I know it's been – I listen to y'all every night. I just hadn't called forever. And then I called tonight as a Clemson graduate, and I get to hear Larry, the Gamecocks, whole call, and then I get cut off. So, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> the Lord is just not looking out for me. <laughs> well, listen, look, Ben, look at it this way for you, my man. There's always next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, my, I got an idea for Carolina's uh, next coordinator. I would go down. I would go up to Clemson and throw a boatload of money at Brandon Streeter. <laughs> well, are you are you trying to kill two birds with one stone here? <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, you know, boy, I tell you, the coaches they they catch so much grief. Uh, as soon as it goes a little bit sideways, you know, people are ready to run them out of town. I mean, he's one of your own. Um, I would think you'd give Brandon Streeter a little bit more of a of a leash there and a chance to, you know, get things figured out with the rest of the coaching staff. Well, it kind of ties into y'all's um, Carolina uh, bowl opponents. I would, if I was Carolina, I would not want any part of Notre Dame or Florida State because their coach is going to say, we're just going to run it and run it and run it. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I got the idea – Streeter, Davos, somebody was trying to prove, hey, 
we believe in DJ. We're going to beat Carolina with DJ. That's how I kind of saw that game. Yeah. They definitely believe in him, you know, for whatever reason. They see things that maybe those on the outside don't see. The only time you see him is in a ball game, and when you what you saw this past Saturday was not acceptable by anybody's standards. That was just a, a poor performance by him, a poor performance by the receivers. Receivers didn't run good routes. Receivers dropped the football. It was a complete meltdown by that part of your game. But, you know, maybe you have to analyze and figure out, and I think this is what South Carolina did. I think they just figured out, you know, after all those weeks, we can't run the ball well, but we can throw it and catch it well if we just give our quarterback a little bit of time. And I think that I think that um, uh, uh, Rattler got confidence. I think he realized that he could trust his offensive line some. He also got rid of the ball quicker, and that makes your offensive line a heck of a lot better when you're more decisive and you're getting rid of the football quicker. Uh, and I do think Satterfield called two beautiful games on offense for South Carolina, the way he mixed in. You notice they didn't rush Joyner into the game. Now, Joyner wasn't seen for about the first quarter. Uh, and then they they got him in in the, in the Wildcats, started using him more. Then they started throwing a few more wrinkles here and there, and they took their shots down the field. Their receivers once again caught everything. I mean, that catch, poor Josh Van. Where he got hurt was an amazing catch. Yes, it was. An amazing catch. And still no word from USC. I reached out, you know, seeking some information, but nothing yet. Um, and keep in mind, you talk about the transfer portal, Chris. Corey Rucker didn't play all year. Right. And he was the one who I think was the more, he might have been as touted, if not more highly touted than well. So uh, who knows who's going to be back next year? That's the problem with today's world of college football now. You, uh, you you might like the idea of a transfer for the kids and the freedom it gives them, but it sure does make it tough to keep a team together year in and year out. Anything else, Ben? No, not really. That's, uh, I All right. Just, uh, hey, maybe I'll see you at the Big Tuna one day when I'm in Georgetown. That's true. That's true. Love that place. That's a great place yeah, to eat, place. by good the way. Place. Well, you know, uh, you, uh, you, you know, Chris has a house there in, in Georgetown. Y'all might be neighbors. Is <laughs> it in Willowbank? I'm, I'm sorry. I actually <laughs> sit off of a meeting in uh, High, uh, High Market. Oh, okay. Yep. Over towards the Bay. Yep. He's a downtown he's guy. He's, hey, yeah, he's rich. Ben, good hearing from you. <laughs> I'm not All right, take care. This is a family place, not mine. <laughs> Thank you very much. The big you know, tuna. I, was, I love I that place in Georgetown. It, it's a great place to eat, by the way. I, and I was just scrolling back through fourth quarter stats from that ball game in, in South Carolina, obviously. Give a lot of credit to uh, Clayton White and the defense. You know, Will Shipley had nine yards rushing in the uh, fourth quarter. That's all the yards that Clemson got. That's hard to believe. <laughs> I mean, and they had they had 12 yards rushing in that fourth quarter, two first downs. Three passing yards. I mean, they, they got 10 plays for 15 yards of total offense, and Will Shipley had nine of them in that fourth quarter. That is hard it, to believe. It, it, um, unbelievable. Let's go to Billy and Greer next with us here on Sports Talk on this Monday after. Billy, welcome in. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Terrific. Good to hear from you. Very good. Listen, it's hard to win a game if you only have 15 total yards in the fourth quarter unless you're up three touchdowns or more, isn't it? It is. Yeah, well, you know, and, and 
I thought going into the game field that there was three keys to the game. And, and two, well, all of them, honestly, you couldn't know what was going to happen until the game kicked off. The three keys, to me, were turnovers. South Carolina won that by one. The second was special teams. I thought South Carolina was probably going to win that, and they did, thanks to that punter. And then the third thing was just protecting Rattler. They did all three. They ended up winning the game. And, and the good thing about it as a South Carolina fan, uh, guys, is that that wasn't their A game. They didn't play perfect by any stretch. They made plenty of mistakes in that game and left points on the board and gave Clemson points. So, mm-hmm. And that's not to disparage Clemson. You know, they were in the game for a reason. They're a very good program. There's no doubt about that. I just think this proves that last week, or the, I guess you could say two weeks ago now, wasn't a fluke. And you was asking the question, uh, Phil, where, where do you go from here? Is this the apex of the program? I don't think so. Let's, let's hope not. But I think you just keep pushing forward. You've got to keep recruiting. I think Shane Beamer is building something, especially it looks like. And, you know, in what, two, three years tops, they're going to expand the playoffs to 12 teams. I could see South Carolina being in the discussion most years if, if that happens, if they continue on the route that they're on now. Well, think about this. And thank you for your phone call. Great hearing from you. Think about this, guys, from – what was projected shows you how smart people are in June and July when they're selling magazines and subscriptions to websites. But South Carolina finished third in the East, and they had the third best record, tied for the third best record in the SEC. Of course, Georgia had the best record. Then you had a couple of six and twos in league play I'm talking about. In league play, you had Alabama and LSU at six and two. And then you had South Carolina and the two Mississippi schools at four and four. They had the third best league record in the SEC this mm-hmm. year. Now, who would have thought that going into the season that that would happen? Who would have thought that? Considering if if you told people that they would score ten points against Missouri and six points against Florida, and oh by the way, they'd also blow out Tennessee and beat Clemson on the road. Yeah, I mean, how would you square those two games, <laughs> those four games together? How do you how do you do what you do? How do you have two hundred and three yards against Missouri, and I, I can't remember what they had against Florida, but it was two something, and then put over a thousand yards against Tennessee and Clemson combined? It just makes it, college football makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, it really makes zero just sense. Crazy. And I, and I'm watching this weekend just rivalry games in in particular. I mean, I watched uh, Missouri beat uh, Arkansas, and I'm thinking, what what the heck happened to Arkansas after we saw them in week two? Because I thought – I was like you, Phil. I thought Arkansas was one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. And then Florida can't hang, hang with Florida State. And early in the season after Florida State beat LSU, you uh, who knew what they were going to be? And, and Florida State, and, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm probably from a Clemson perspective, it's a good thing you guys caught them early because I'm not, I'm not sure you'd want to play – if Florida State and Clemson were playing this weekend in the ACC championship game, who would you favor? Yeah. No, I mean, Florida State nearly got him down there in, in Tallahassee exactly. in the regular season. And Jordan Travis just played a, a fantastic game against uh, Florida, and they had other running backs doing well. That's why I'm saying Norvell, I think, uh, deserves some consideration for ACC Coach of the Year. Uh, let's squeeze in another call. Uh, we got recruiting coming up as well. We go to uh, Tar Hizzle in Charleston. Tar Hizzle. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Hey guys, I'm good. You know, I, hey, what a what a great rivalry game this was, and that's what rivalry games should be, not blowouts. You hope that every year, but um, you know, hats off to South Carolina on two amazing wins at the end of the season. I mean, seven games I would have thought would have been amazing, but for them to be where they're at with wins and losses is unreal. I will say this, and it's fun as the outsider looking in because obviously I don't have a dog in that fight, but 
I think some of the um, excitement is great because you want to have that. But, you know, I will say, I thought the key to that game and, and, and Clemson's inability to win was, A, turnovers, which South Carolina earned. But let's be honest, I said at the beginning of the year, if DJ's their quarterback, they lose a few games this year because of his not of his inability to be a great athlete because I think he's got all the arm in the world and he's got all the ability in the world. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the accuracy. And you saw that. You saw him go down against Syracuse or go, get behind in Syracuse, continue to make bad bad decisions. And when South Carolina took that lead, the first thing I said was, he won't throw another pass that's accurate the rest of the game. And, of course, he comes right down the field and throws the 15-yard over the guy's head. And basically the, the free safety just needed to be an infielder and, and, and catch it. And his inability to be accurate has been his biggest, weakest link, in my opinion. Not his ability to run or his arm strength is there. But um, And it showed. And, and I will say this. The player that stood out to me the most in that game, because I watched it from beginning to end, I wouldn't even go sit in a tree stand until the game was over because it was that exciting. Hmm. But number 44 was absolutely a man show in that game. And how they didn't have him on the field more blows my mind. But um, the the best thing I think could happen is that Satterfield's gone, and I hope that, that, that Coach Beamer gets another offensive coordinator that's that's extremely good and that can that, that can make that offense even better with the talent that's there because obviously they showed they had talent to win football games, but maybe they just didn't have it all together. But um, I, I want to see Beamer succeed there. I like him as an individual. And um, and you know me. I mean, hey, I want my Tar Heels to win, and I can't wait to play y'all first game of the year next year. But, I, you know, I, I do think enjoy the win. That's awesome. But there's a lot to be done, and it can be done. And South Carolina should be a top 25 team from here on out. If he can continue down this road, he just has to get – offensive production because defensively I thought they played very well and um and I'll give I'll say this about Clemson they're just like North Carolina you got to run the football if they're giving it to you and you can you can slash them for five six yards a game you're crazy to try to throw the ball regardless if you got a Heisman Trophy quarterback or if you don't take what they'll give you and then get your big plays when you can get them but I could care less if we get 500 yards rushing or 500 yards passing as long as there's a W and unfortunately for Clemson they went the wrong way, and I don't know what it is about that guy, but they love DJ. I wouldn't take – there's seven other quarterbacks in the ACC I'd take over him all day long right now. He might be more talented, but he ain't more accurate. But I hate it for him, but at the same time, I hate it because I, I felt like they had a, de- a championship-level defense and team. Unfortunately, they didn't have a championship-caliber quarterback, just like North Carolina's got a great quarterback, but they don't have a defense to go with it, and they're not a championship-level team. So – like I said, hats off to South Carolina. Uh, Beamer did a great job this year, and they kept grinding. All right, thank you. I'm not sure Clemson, I would classify their championship, their defense as championship level this year. They have championship level players, but look how much Notre Dame ran the ball on them. Look how much South Carolina threw the ball on them. Look how much Wake Forest threw the ball on them. Um, I mean, and, and Clemson escaped a lot of games this year. Uh, really, they played with fire against Syracuse. Play with fire against Florida State, NC State, Wake Forest. Didn't play with fire against Notre Dame. They got taken to the woodshed. And, you know, South Carolina beat them too. So I question whether that's a championship. That's got championship talent. It's got NFL talent. I don't think he'd play like a championship-level defense. I wouldn't put that label on him. And, Phil, has there been a greater miss going into the preseason or at least into the season than that? Because we all thought, I think, going into the year that Clemson's defense this year would be as good as George's was last year. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not close. I mean, that's an embarrassment to try and compare the two because Georgia de- Georgia's defense last year was so dominant, and Clemson's is just not. And I, I don't understand why. And, and is it – I guess you have to ask the question. Is it because Brent Venables is no longer the defense coordinator there? Well, because the talent's still there, there's I'm no question. Not there, you know. We're not there looking inside or anything. Outside looking at it, there is such a difference in personalities between the two men. Yeah. And I mean, does that impact the players and the way they play? Good question. I mean, you know, Goodwin's supposed to be a great technical guy and knows the defense inside and out and a genius and all that. True, but his personality is bland. And Venables knows it, and also, you know, he's spraying spit in your face, too. Venables had a get-back guy that had to keep him off the field. <laughs> right. Wes Goodwin is not quite as uh, into it. I mean, in defensive players, you play with emotion. There was no more emotional defensive coordinator in the country than Venables. Be back in a moment. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, South Carolina is great for the hunters, Major. What do the hunters need to remember before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. One thing we want hunters in this state to remember is always identify your target and what lies beyond it. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists. For tires bigger than your grandma's house. For 3D printing research. For artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery. For funding scholarships. For funding grants. For funding innovation in this state. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the low country, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. 
Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit playresponsiblysc.com. Try and squeeze in one, maybe two calls before Zach, then more calls after Zach, and also recruiting after Zach. And we go next to Stephen in Columbia. Thank you for your patience, Stephen. Welcome into Sports Talk. Hey, thanks, Phil. You need a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm, I've heard that. Um, Brandon Streeter and Tyler Grisham have to go. So if Dabo is truly as competitive or more competitive than he is loyal, you've got to get rid of those guys. The, the wide receiver, you, give me a break. We've done nothing but just deteriorate. We've got a true freshman that led all receivers um, in a deep, talented receiver group. So what is just so amazing, and I, and I don't put this on, DJ. I feel bad for that kid. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the team because – this, this coaching staff lost this game. And if they keep trying to make DJU a running quarterback when he is clearly a pro-style offensive quarterback that's not a threat to run other than run over somebody, he can't extend plays. You're running him in an offense of a spread option when he should be transferring somewhere out to the Midwest where he can just sit back in the pocket and throw the ball. Why are you asking him to run 10 to 12 times a game and get beat up? That is not going to increase his stock in the NFL. So if you're going to run that offense, most good offensive coordinators, what do they do? They adapt their offense to the talent that they have. Do they not? They do. Okay, then why are we running him? And then why... Hate to to do this. We've got to hit the hard break here. Hang on if you want. We'll be back.
right, first and ten with Zach Willis in just a moment. But, Stephen, we promised he could finish up getting off his chest. Don't like anybody going to bed with heavy stuff on the chest. So go ahead, Stephen. I appreciate it. So um, Brandon Streeter's comment about he ran his butt off. He was the second leading rusher. He's the quarterback. He went eight for 27. Why do you have one of the slowest men on the team, the second leading rusher? What does that tell you about your offensive game plan? I mean, my God, just put three running backs back there and run the wildcat if you can't throw the ball. And if you can't adapt, and what makes me so frustrated is if if Dabo Sweeney can fire Billy Napier and he's the head coach at Florida, he better do something for the Clemson fans with Brandon Streeter and Tyler Grisham. Um, or, you know, he's just digging his own grave. Stephen, thank you very much. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, we will um, maybe hit a couple of more calls toward the end. If not, we'll pick you back up tomorrow night on a Talking Tuesday with calls. But right now, it is time. You know, we've all shared our thoughts, uneducated as they might be, about the football game. Let's get an educated thought or two, a man who watches the game with a critical eye, then he goes back and he breaks down the tape. He, he finds things the rest of us couldn't find with a uh, with a telescope and uh, with 2020 vision, which we long ago lost. So welcome in for another edition of First and Ten, the coach, Zach Willis. Well, you just heard Steven, and that was one of the kinder Clemson calls we've had tonight. Tiger fans are spewing nails right now. Well... You want me to comment on that field? As I've got a comment for it, but that yeah, that's, wouldn't that like really it. wasn't a um, question, but it was more well, of a I, you know kind of hey, what do you it, think? It, it, you know, I'm, I've been nothing but a coach my entire life until I you know retired from it and went into private business, and I do this for you guys because I love the game. Um, uh, you know, it's funny to me nobody was saying this stuff when they were winning national championships or in Carolina seven years in a row, winning forty games in a row at home and sixty eight in a row when they led at halftime. Um, they've struggled all year long. They've struggled for two years with DJ. And when Big Cinco doesn't show up and DJ does, they don't do so well. We've known that for a while. Um, I, I don't even feel give you credit. You called this one a while back. Made the call that this, this might happen and you thought it would happen. And a lot of people, including myself, were hesitant to go against, you know, what Clemson had been able to do for so many years and as a tribute to what Coach Sweeney and his entire staff has done. But in the first half of that football game, you know, they were rolling along, um, doing what they needed to do to win. But, you know, about midway through, I guess, the third quarter, you know, you and I were having our intergame text conversation. You could feel a shift, and South Carolina just would not go away. And I'll stop there so you guys can ask me. But for any of you guys out there, fans that want to fire people, um, uh, what, three weeks ago, South Carolina fans wanted to bench. Some did. Wanted to bench Rattler and fire Satterfield. You should have nothing to say in the way of crowing if you did that. Because if you had had your way, you would have gotten blown out of the water Saturday. And just to put it in, and for the Clemson fans who are that hurt over losing to a rival for the first time in eight years, same goes for you. Go find something else to do. There's plenty more people to fill that stadium. I can promise you that. What did you my two cents. Yeah, that's cool. What did you see as you went back and broke it all down? And we'll get to the Clemson side of things in a moment, but what did yeah. you see as the turning point for South Carolina? Big, big time, big time 
Last two two games, big time pass protection improvement from the offensive line. Coach Atkins was on the sidelines. I saw uh, his son played an incredible game. I think played the game, had the game of his life probably catching the football. Showed a tremendous amount of character, which you want to see out of a coach's kid, and he represented that demographic well. Spencer Rattler was able to overcome first half mistakes and turn it into second half magic. The receivers, while they didn't separate a ton at times, were able to go up and get the jump ball, made circus catches. Josh Van got hurt making an incredible catch, one of two. And, of course, uh, three wells again, just just a, a flat-out winner. Um, and there were, it was a team effort. Everybody contributed. Bell contributed. You know, it was a total team effort on the offensive side. And defensively, the cornerbacks and defensive backs just made it basically impossible for Clemson to throw the football in the second half. And then, of course, they iced it with the special teams, that punt team, you know, and two turnovers on special teams, one on the kickoff and one of the punt team that pretty much put it away. What did you see in the Clemson secondary that allowed South Carolina, for example, the 72-yard pass and other um, big pass completions over the top? I think uh, Dabo was asked after the game about the performance of the of the safeties in particular, and singled out was Makuba, uh, who had issues, I guess, throughout the game. What'd you see as the issues back there? Well, I mean, it, it looked to me like they were doing decent until had the kick thrown out for targeting, and um, they gave up a big play after that, a uh, seventy-two yarder, and I believe that was again to Wells, uh, who who was a thorn in their side all day long. Van was until he got hurt. But South Carolina's kids were given footballs that they could make plays on. Spencer Rattler throws the – and I've said this for a lot of weeks now. Mm-hmm. Throws the best deep ball I've seen out of a college kid in a very long time, if ever. Hmm. Um, he can put the ball in places in windows that basically the good Lord's gifted him to do it. There's no coach that can take credit for that. That's just a natural ability that he and he alone possesses. And there were times where Clemson had decent coverage, even good coverage, and Carolina's kids made great catches, but the ball was late. He laid it in their hands. He did that against Tennessee. And what happens in a college kid's mind is you, know, you have things happening to you that have never happened or happened rarely. And in Tennessee, this happened to Tennessee, and then it happens one time. And you think, well, one time, but then it's over and over and over. And you got, I got great coverage on this guy, and he's catching. I can't get to the ball, but he's catching it like it's nothing. Well, that goes back to Spencer Rattler. And that happened, and it, it formed a crack, and then it was a fissure, and it was a wedge, and they broke. And when the you know when the big penalty happened, there was arguments on the sidelines. I couldn't see for myself, but the TV commentators commented on separating players. So I think there was some friction. Them wanting to win, maybe too much, pushing hard to win, and then just not having a good game and losing their focus, which I think they did there for a while. Mm-hmm. First and 10 tonight here on Sports Talk with Zach Willis. And, Coach, I'll pick up on that point about uh, sort of the mentality of a rivalry game. Going into the contest, I felt like Clemson always believed they were going to win and expected to win, and South Carolina hoped they could win. How much is that uh, true? And, secondly, when did you maybe see that turn, if it did, uh, in that ball game on Saturday? With Wells' touchdown. Um, Mm -hmm. When they were down – Gosh, I think it was it was uh, thirty to twenty one, and they came. You know, they uh, Clemson had just scored. I think Shipley may have run one in, and they come back and Rattler gets out of the pocket by design, hits Wells with a seventy two seventy three yard touchdown pass, 
And at that, my remark was Clemson's in trouble. South Carolina's not going away today. And Clemson, if you if you notice, um, over the past, over this forty game winning streak, they have a couple of different ways. And I've not talked about this before, but it's, it's pertinent now. At home, they either come out really fast and fade, and then maybe make another push late in the game to put the game away. But it, 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 they get a big lead, sit on it kind of manage it and then come back and then late third quarter make another big push but they play kind of flat mid to late mid early to mid second quarter through most of the third quarter that's kind of what happened saturday but then we have the other one where they come out flat and turn it on late and, and end up blowing whoever it is out um but they've come out flat for a, quite a while now at home that's where their flattest performances have been over the course of the last several years if you want to and again now we're we're nitpicking here but that's a pattern, and it caught them. And again, they only lost by one point. If they'd have got blown out, I might be a little bit more sympathetic to some of these angry fans. But you know, uh, this is a rivalry, and, and and those cats in the garnet have just beat the number five team in the country and beat them bad. They put sixty three points on a very good Tennessee football team, made them look bad, and they. The offensive line, we cannot diminish, and I don't want to get away from your question, but the offensive line, the pass protection has improved by a thousand percent in the last two weeks. I don't know what they changed or what they did, but all the credit in the world goes to that offensive line for protecting against a incredible Clemson front. We didn't hear any names called we usually hear in the Clemson defense. We didn't hear their names called. They, they weren't irrelevant, but they just were not as impactful as they usually are. Mm-hmm. Realize it's not as big a travel trip for South Carolina as it is, say, if they go to Missouri. But is there anything to the fact that road teams seem to play better on a noon start than the home team because they don't have to sit around the hotel all afternoon and get ready for a night game? I tell you what, I've always believed since early on in my coaching career that there was. Um, I think that's an incredible point. I don't know where you got it from, but that is an old <laughs> old belief in coaching circles. And I'm, that's that's a, and when I say that, I mean that is a very complimentary thing. The you know, worst you. thing you can have is a night game uh, on the road in the SEC, and they play a ton of them, and that's why road teams have a hard time. When you've seen Alabama struggle or lose a lot of time, it's at, at, at earliest a 3.30 kick on a CBS, you know, for that, that, that marquee <laughs> game. It's hard, it's hard to play well when you're around a hotel because you get in on Friday fairly early, and you really don't do a whole lot. You try to keep them active, but you want them off their feet to a certain degree too, and it's a very fine line. So I think that did help the Carolina team, no doubt. couple more minutes with Zach Willis, a first and ten. So we've talked about it. <laughs> Clemson fans have had nightmares about it over the last couple of nights. Clemson, for whatever reason, refused to run the ball in the fourth quarter. Why do you think they took that approach in the fourth quarter? They were leading going into the fourth quarter. South Carolina didn't take the lead until – uh, 10.54 to play on that field goal. Even then, there was no well, reason they, to panic and start throwing it all over the place. I think they ran it three times in the fourth quarter. Now, they did, you know, they, they lost, um, well, they lost that last possession on the on the fumble, on the punt fumble. But anyway, yeah, why do you huge. think they went that way? Well, I, I think basically, and I don't, I can't answer that for Coach Sweeney and his staff, okay, but I would say this. South Carolina did exactly what at least I would I would have done. They dared they dared DJ to throw the football. They dared Clemson to throw the ball and Clemson took it and said we're going to do it and we're going to win and they put their faith in their quarterback and it didn't have no receivers and it didn't happen. Um 
that's what I saw. They, they loaded the box up, and when they did try to run it, South Carolina met them in the hole and stuffed them. Now, they hadn't stuffed them all game long, but remember the punt team. How many are they down inside the five-yard line? I know of at least two, maybe three, and they forced a fumble when they had a little bit better field position. I mean, it was just a nightmare for Clemson, and it was everything going right. Just everything culminated. The game plan that Coach Beamer and his staff had just came together. It dovetailed together perfectly. So they basically took their defense, and they had great cornerback coverage the whole game. They put, played with basically three corners. All three of them are elite-level cover corners. We already knew that from the SEC play. We saw how well they played there once they got their feet under them. And their safeties played very well. Um, they didn't play great. I think the corners played great, but I think they thought they played great the last half of the season, you know, especially the last two weeks. But it was the, the coverage that South Carolina played in the box presence, which means they were putting as many as eight or nine guys in the box on Clemson. And when I say daring them to throw, if there's one slip, it's a touchdown. Mm. But South Carolina didn't slip. And they made, you know, DJ showed up and Big Cinco didn't. And remember when we talked about this in the weeks I had up, leading mm. up, I said this will be the difference in the game. It's going to be DJ Uyungle. Did I say that right? I you hope did. I got it close. You're close. <laughs> Good. You're close well, enough. again, for a, from my background, as we were before, you know, <laughs> that's about as good as I can do. But the key to it is he is he was the centerpiece to the whole defensive game plan. Make him beat you, and I think that's what they did. And Clemson tried to run the ball a few times, but South Carolina's got three blue chip defensive linemen sitting there, and yeah, they weren't really good against the run when they had to play with one less in the box, and they they really needed. But when they got one more in there, than you can block. They get pretty good. Heck, anybody does. You got to throw them to get them off your back, and there, there, there is a talent differential between the two teams, but not that big a talent differential, especially when your quarterback's not able to throw it at all. And he just poor fellow. And I feel bad for the kid. I'm not pulling for anybody here, but I hate to see. I hate to center my whole thing around one position. But I, that's what I said, and I have to stick with it because the truth was, eight out of twenty-nine for ninety-nine yards. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I'm looking at that going into the fourth quarter and I got, got them backed up, you know, I'm going to make try my best to make them get away from running the ball. They ran for 164 yards in the first half, but they had better field position and Carolina couldn't pack the box. And they had that, what they say, blanket. That was their whole, you know, blanket. We're going to go for it no matter what we need to do. They did that on defense as well as offense, and it worked for them. Average field position for Clemson fourth quarter was their own 10 and they had three possessions in the fourth quarter. The first one ended with a punt, three plays for three yards. Next possession, two plays, 22 yards, interception. Third possession, five plays, 20 yards, and a punt. And then they fumbled when they had a chance to get the ball at the end. They fumbled on the punt, and that was that. Zach, great as always. We are uh, out of time. We've got to run to recruiting, but we always appreciate you. Have a great week. We'll do it again next week to talk about the championship games this coming weekend. Don't let Carolina beat you two weeks in a row, Clemson. You got a ring to win. Have a great night, guys. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, Coach. Great hearing from you. All right, first and 10, Zach Willis here on Sports Talk. Yeah, the field position, the first quarter for Clemson, their average field position was their own seven. It improved to their 23 in the second quarter. Third quarter, their own 32. In the fourth quarter, their own 10. So two out of the 
four quarters, their average starting field position was their 10-yard line or worse. So, Guy Koger may have been the MVP of the game. He did a fantastic job, and the coverage team did a great job getting down there and getting that ball down. All right, we'll come back with recruiting and maybe squeeze in a final call or two. Be right back. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seacattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Won me a bet. Won me a bet. Took a sucker. You know, there's a lot of fish out there in the sea. You know that, Chris? Sometimes you just have to put the bait out there. And when they take the bait, you just have to set the hook. And when you set the hook, you just have to reel them in. You know what I mean? Oh, I reeled in a big fish. Won me a major bet. A sea whale's lunch. I consider that a major, grandiose event. And, you know, you don't have to have somebody take you out for yourself because it's really cheap enough to pay for yourself. It's only $13 for the daily luncheon buffet. They're back at it all this week after the holiday. I'm sure that they are fired up, pumped up, jacked up after the weekend and after getting some rest. So you're going to get their best effort. You get their best effort every day at Seawells when they present the daily luncheon buffet. You get over there this week, enjoy yourself. And if you got something that needs the best in the catering business for nearly 80 years, that is only one call that needs to be made, and that's to Seawells at 803-771-7385, SeawellsCateringSC.com online. So Clemson gets the commitment from the place kicker today, Nolan Hauser. And like I mentioned before, he's in the 2024 class out of Cornelius, North Carolina. Both parents went to Clemson. And sister is soccer player for the Tigers. He's got a big leg, 158 of 163 on extra points in his career. 
has a 49-yarder field goal to his credit, 20 of 25 field goals this season, perfect on extra points, 54 of 66 in his career on field goals, became the all-time leading field goal kicker in North Carolina, still has another year to go. So he is committed now to Clemson for the 24 class. Clemson also in good shape with two running backs who took officials over the weekend. Christopher Johnson of Fort Lauderdale, Jamarius Haynes of Roanoke, Alabama. Haynes calls Clemson the favorite. Not too many teams in competition for him. He only has Washington State as his other P5 offer. Western Kentucky's also offered. But he told him at the top of the list he really liked C.J. Spiller, Dabo Sweeney. Liked how the coaches just kind of stood out to him. They liked the way he runs the football. He had over 200 yards in his last game last week. Plans to sign in December. He'll go public with a commitment announcement at some point. Does not have plans to take any other visits. He's not going to be an enrollee early, however, because of basketball. Johnson told Ryan Wright of Rivals he's now favoring Clemson over Miami, Ole Miss, and Penn State. He's scheduled for Penn State visit December the 9th. But he said in the article he's pretty strong on Clemson right now. USC target offensive tackle Keyshawn Blackstock, Covington, Georgia, Coffeyville Junior College, Kansas, named a top 12 over the weekend. USC's in that group, along with Oklahoma, TCU, Illinois, Florida State, Michigan State, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Auburn, Oregon, Penn State, Houston. Made an unofficial visit to Florida State over the weekend, has taken officials to USC and Illinois, has one to Penn State on the 9th. Plans to sign December, enroll in January. One-time Clemson target defensive tackle David Hobbs, Concord, North Carolina, committed to Tennessee Saturday. 2024 tight end Kylan Fox, 65205 Loganville, Georgia, was at Clemson Saturday. He's announcing December 17th. He had also been to USC for a visit and several others. 2024 athlete Trey Horn, Rabin Gap, Georgia, was at Clemson on Saturday. 2024 Clemson target receiver Boo Carter of Chattanooga was offered by Ohio State. He was there Saturday. 2025 receiver Marshall Pritchett, a Charleston native attending school in Georgia, was offered by North Carolina. He was there for the NC State game. And 2024 6'5 Cam Scott of Lexington made his official to Texas over the weekend. Also taking officials to USC and Auburn, unofficial to Tennessee, and he's going to go to Duke on Wednesday. That's recruiting. Brought to you by Seawells here on Sports Talk. All right, let's see if we can squeeze in another quick call or two. If we can, we will go next to Bruce in Missouri. Hey, Bruce, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Bill, thanks for taking my call tonight. Um, I'm telling you what, uh, I got to pat you back, pat uh, the Carolina Gamecocks on their back. They played a great game. I knew this was going to happen uh, before the game because um, they they were fired up from the uh, week week before. But anyway, um, whoever told the uh, the delay, delay that's what I call him. He delays on his cutbacks and he's just he's falling down, tripping over his own feet. He can't cut back like a like a, a quick little halfback can uh, do. He just run. He just needs to run ahead. They watch film on him all the time. They ought to be able to tell him just keep running straight if you're going to run. Mm-hmm. But um, he had a poor game this this weekend, and it was just it showed up at the fourth quarter. And also, I'm just waiting on Chad Marsh to, to get the phone call from Dabo to come back. Well, 
He's out there. Also, I know, and I'm, I'm also ter- uh, talking about the uh, Eddieville Panthers. They're back in the, the uh, sweet spot, spot again this year. So they'll be uh, going for the state championship again. They uh, they do that quite often in Abbeville. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll talk more about the state championships with David Shelton later in the week. Uh, sorry, couldn't get to your phone calls. If you're on hold, call us tomorrow night. We will get to you. It's a Talking Tuesday with Dabo Sweeney and a whole bunch more. Thank you, Chris. Sure. Thank you, Pat. And thank you, everybody, for being with us. Have a great night. See you tomorrow.